Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Took me into the city to see the Bengals play. He said, son, when you grow up, Joe will be the savior of the broken, the beaten, and the damned. He said, will you defeat them, your demons, and all the non-believers, the playoffs we have made and won it. Welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals, Playoff Victory Edition. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Sitting across from me, per usual, is... Lloyd Johnson. Dude, what a week. Dude, it was fucking madness. Madness, not only with... um, We'll get to it in a little bit. Not only with uh, the Bengals winning the playoff game, but with My Chemical Romance. They're doing a show. Yeah, every... Every band is doing a show. I know. That's re- that whole so like I grew up with in like that era of music. That's like the first like real genre that I really remember liking other than like top forty shit. Like, oh it's on the radio, I'll listen to it. Yeah, I mean that was that was my uh, a lot of that was stuff I listened to regularly, so much so that apparently Lily listens to all of it now. She sent me Oh that. no shit. She's the first person to send me that flyer like, Hey, do you want to go to this? And I'm like, uh probably not. It sounds like a total shit show. In Vegas. The When We Were Young Fest, in case you are under a rock. Yeah, if you don't fucking know, then I don't know what to say. Then get on Facebook, and you'll see so many memes about it. It's everywhere. It sure is. Um, Like, I was talking to a friend of the pod, Max Fine. Do you know him at all? Not well. Uh, (laughs) um, I was talking to him about it, and he's like, I was like, would you go to that? And he's like, yeah, I'd go to it, party in Vegas for a weekend, and see, spend one day watching all those shows. Which, it sounds like it's a mess. Yeah, it's, I can't imagine. It's going to be so many fucking people. I know. It's going to be so many people. Just <clears throat> changing the bands is going to be such a nightmare. Every every band's only going to be able to do like 20 minutes. Yeah, if that. It, yeah, be, if that. It's going to be rough. Plus, you're, even, like, even the big headliners like My Chemical Romance and Paramore and A Day to Remember, they're only going to be doing like... 30 minute sets yeah it's it's it'll be weird yeah and people are like there are some bands that apparently didn't even find out until like that poster came out like all american rejects are like apparently we're performing with all of the bands very true yeah but i was talking to max about because i've only seen on that entire poster i grew up on that music but i've only seen one of those bands live ever I've seen a bunch of them. I've only I the only one I ever saw was Anne Berlin. And they were actually really good. Um I've seen Jimmy World, My Chemical Romance, most of them. I mean like all the Well, cuz you used to work in music, right? Well, I mean I bounced every once in a while at stuff, but <clears throat> I also just used to go to a lot of shows. That, yeah. So like that was my you know, like the hardcore and then the post-hardcore stuff, which most of that would be I think like the post-hardcore. Yeah. Kind of era, yeah. But, yeah, I grew up on, like, I didn't really go to a whole lot of live shows. I just went to a, well, I was kind of a fucking hermit in high school. So, I was just a hermit that wrote jokes and and just did whatever. But Hiding those giant hands from the world. 
they were ready they were ready to bloom into the world <laughs> but nah man it's uh it should be a fun show it should be a fun sh- it should be a shit show i mean i can see the appeal of people going but that's so many people it's, it's so many people clinging to their era of <clears throat> um of um emo their emo era like I don't mind that. Like I went to one of the louder than life things down in Louisville one time. Okay. Like years ago, but it's just it was just so densely packed. Yeah. That I was just like I don't enjoy. I'm not enjoying this. This also could be a rumor, but I saw that it. I might. I could be wrong about this. I saw it w- once, so it could be wrong. Don't take my. Don't put this in writing. Don't put this in. Just don't etch it in stone. I believe it's the same producers who <clears throat> produced Astro World. Yeah, it's just them like trying to use the scene, you know, the yeah scene, the nostalgia to, to, to pay off the lawyer fees from the last. <laughs> oh my god, for real! And it's like ticket packages are like three hundred bucks or like or two hundred twenty nine bucks plus like uh, hotel fees or like or like a hotel package is like five hundred bucks for a yeah. day. Yeah, that's madness. It's so much, but you know what else was mad? Let's just get right into it, yeah, dude. Let's go. Let's go. You were ready to go. Yeah. I, I kind of like the bullshit up top. I know. I just I, This is one of those things that's been covered to death, so I'm like, I'll, I'll talk about it with you, but I don't really have anything new to add. You're, you're just like, yep, let's get out of this. So I should have I should have picked up on that earlier. No, you were fine. But, I just didn't have much to say. You know, we have a lot to say about. Oh, yeah. Because for the first time in 31 years. What the fuck happened last week? The Bengals have won a playoff game. Fuck. How good does that feel to say? Oh, dude, last time I was seven. <laughs> dude, ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it, it. It seemed almost unreal in the moment. Like I'm sitting here, like looking around the room, like my cousin David and Sarah, and I'm like looking around, like I don't. They're they just won. Yeah, they won. Like, my brain was so dead set, like, especially when it got close at the end. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I guess they just lose this one, too. But, yeah, like, my brain was already in, like, oh, man, it was a fucking good season anyway. They got a lot of potential. Like, like I'm already down that pathway. And then they, like. Because you're, it's, you've been Bengalized. Yeah, 31 fucking years of it. You're, you've had 31 years of getting used to, like, how's it going to go wrong this time? And how's it going to go wrong this time? But, yeah, so I was, I, I, it took me a minute to even, like, really soak it in. Like that last, like that last four snaps. Yeah, I'm like leaning back and forth in my chair, like, all right, oh, hold on, what? <laughs> this, uh, no, they're right there, they're right there. It's gonna, no, oh shit, hold on, wait, hold on. and then that fucking interception, I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, dude, I actually got to go to the game. Madness. Oh. The celebration in Northside didn't end until almost 3 a.m. Are you shitting? Because I picture Northside as a city that doesn't give a shit about football. Uh, they did. <laughs> uh, they did a lot. So it didn't start right away. I think like people were at bars down here and like Chameleon and <clears throat> yeah, I mean Higher Gravity had like people st- worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey side watching games like it was madness all around here that's awesome and then also i heard that a bunch of people from like short vine like the cops like booted them fairly early so they all just came down to north side <laughs> so it was like fucking as the bars were letting out there was people standing on the corner of blue rock and hamilton like <clears throat> with like a 
bass, like a marching band bass drum, like and bang the and drum, shit. bang the drum all night. Yeah, there was a guy out there earlier playing fucking like super loud music. I don't know if it was in his car or with a, some kind of setup, but you know, like "Welcome to the Jungle" and "We Are the Champions," which I'm like, we're, I mean, we're not champions. We won know, a playoff game. Yeah, I hope this isn't was, our Super Bowl. It was madness. Yeah, like I had to work the next morning, and then, like as much as I'm like, "Fuck yeah, guys!" At a certain point, I'm like, "Hey, man!" Like, <laughs> go, well, go to bed. I do gotta sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can I? Can I can I can I get like I don't know just a good little window where I can fall asleep maybe like yeah I uh, I had to jet up to Milano's pretty much immediately because um because I had to work that night. What were you doing at Milano's? I was uh, celebrating National DJ Day. That's today. That's today. No, I was bam, just bam, bam, bam. I was being a little DJ girl. Alley shoes on the ones and twos, huh. on the threes and fours. And the yeah, my hands my hands are so big. I'm on the ones, twos, threes, and fours. He's on the one through tens. Yes. Man, it was uh I was at the game and it was just pandemonium. Oh, I can't imagine like the feeling there had to be crazy. Yes. Uh I got to go with uh friends of the pod Billy DeVore, his wife Alicia and uh our mutual friend Pat uh Pat Brennan. It was fucking awesome. And there was a moment where um the moment that Derek Carr threw that final pick to Jermaine Pratt, which, by the way, I've always liked Jermaine Pratt. And now you love him. And now I love him. He's the hero. He didn't run the ball to the city. He didn't run the ball to the fucking locker room. <clears throat> he just, he did, he did his job. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, That there's something better about that, I think, than like the over-the-top celebration thing of just being like, yep. That's what I'm supposed to do. I did it. Fuck yeah, we're happy. Yep, we are happy, and that was, uh, and that was their big moment. Like Derek Carr threw that pick, and literally just the entire, honestly, Greater Cincinnati region, but the stadium especially. Oh, for sure. Like the stadium especially just fucking exploded. Uh, a friend of mine was there, and he said that he had two fat crying guys that he had never met before in his life hug him immediately oh i hugged so many strangers it, it became a super spreader event immediately yeah oh yeah big time oh boy <laughs> now i feel bad about that it's like i'm hugging people but no it's worth whatever fuck it, 31 yeah years. it's you haven't won a playoff game in 31 years and the nbc camera like riley panned around the stadium and and did <clears> that and but holy shit they finally pulled it off but like I was saying earlier, I like Jermaine Pratt because he's always been a guy who it was a third round pick, and the Bengals got third round money's worth for him, and then some probably. Yeah, I mean, realistically, he's played his role. He's done well. I mean, initially he was known as more of a run stopping guy, and he's had to fill in at that like coverage back yeah. spot a lot. And he's done. I mean, he's learned it and done pretty well with it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And. He's done everything the Bengals have asked him to do because they're thin at linebacker and they have been for a couple years. Yeah. And Jermaine Pratt's done everything that he's done everything you can ask. So props to Jermaine Pratt. I don't think he gets enough props. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of guys on that team. I think that it's hard to give credit to, to what they're what they're worth to the team, actually. Like we give credit to Drew Sample all the time. Yeah. And people hate it. And I don't care. <laughs> He's a player who does the he does the non sexy work, and he does the job he's hired to fucking do. Yeah, exactly. Jermaine Pratt very much the same. They're like, hey, you're a linebacker. He's like, you know, I'm a run stopper. And they're like, yeah, but we need you to cover fucking one of the best pass catching tight ends in the league. He's like, I got you. Okay. Uh, Third thing, coach Burrow. Uh, some of his final stats, actually, just his final stats: twenty four of thirty four for two hundred forty four yards, two touchdowns. Not an overwhelming game. But did his job. Did exactly what he needed to do. Yep. One touchdown to CJ Uzama and one touchdown to Tyler Boyd that I would like to talk about. Oh, why? <laughs> Everyone everywhere has talked about this to the point of... Uh... We have not. <laughs> but because people were... Uh, it was a big debate because the ref blew the whistle when he thought it was out of bounds. Or like thought momentarily that it could have been out of bounds. And they didn't help having whatever his fucking name is from New York being like, oh, well, this shouldn't count then. Oh, fucking Gene Steratore. Yeah, which he can be wrong too, guys. Yeah. That's that's the thing that can happen. 
one team that is not the fault of the Bengals or the Raiders. That is the fault of the referees. Right, but also the ball was out of his hand before the whistle was blown. The catch was, it was after. It was the ball. The whistle was thrown after he released it. That's what I just said. You said before. I said the ball was out of his hand before the whistle was blown. Right, we're saying the same thing two different ways. Yep, I'm a fucking asshole. So. Uh, I think that's what I said. Now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> Did I just gaslight you by accident? Probably. Yeah. But that play was uh, if the Bengals had. If that had happened, if well, if the uh, if the whistle had blown the play dead. And it was dead. That's one of those you kill a fly in the past. And. It, it affects the future completely. So fortunately due to some, like, like we said, some good fortune due to some good fortune with the, the rep. Sorry, I'm a little flustered right now um, with that call, not or that call going the Bengals way. It was very fortunate that because of that, the Bengals won the game. Well, I mean, not only that, but it was the, the touchdown was the right call. Yeah, so, it was I mean, a completely the right call because Burrow never stepped out of bounds. Tyler Boyd caught the ball in bounds. He threw from behind the line of scrimmage, which that's what I originally thought. Like, did he throw from from beyond the line of scrimmage? Which he didn't. Nope. Nope. That's, yeah, I was going to say, as far as, like, the first replay, I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. It was a completely legal play. And then they just talked about it 95 more times. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't understand why this keeps coming up. We're over it. We got it. It was the last touchdown, which um, that concerned me a little bit because after that it was like, what? Was that the first half or the second half? I forget. Second half? I th- well, whenever it was. It was either late in the second half or late in the first half or early in the second half. But after that point, the Bengals didn't score a lot. <coughs> no. And that concerns me because normally they're a second-half team. And a team that's faced as much um, shit as the Raiders have this year, like they've lost a lot of their team. And Well, I mean, I think – I think they played us as a second half team. They just did a good job of like trying to run the clock down, get through. <clears throat> I mean, you would have liked to have seen the offense execute a little bit better, but it made sense what they were doing, like burning clock time, you know, field position control kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's one of them that was like fourth and three or whatever, and they punted. And I know people were like, why? Yeah. Because, you know, field position. Yeah. But it I'm just sorry, I'm dealing with a little situation right now. But um let's get uh, to some other stats. Joe Mixon, seventeen rushes, forty eight yards, with four receptions and twenty eight uh reception yards, which again didn't need to do much. Yeah. Just um just did his job. Uh Jamar Chase, fucking good game. Yep. He uh well okay, so Burrow was kinda like Drew Brees in it. Yeah, I think maybe it was because you know Drew Brees was calling the game and yeah <laughs> they had nine thousand things about how much those two love each other yeah um so he yeah like I said Shiesty was kind of Drew Brees in it the whole game uh, Jamar Chase he was kind of the the receiver of a lot of uh, Shiesty passes nine receptions one hundred and sixteen yards other guys CJU six receptions sixty four yards and a tud. Uh, Tyler Boyd, four receptions, 26 yards and a tud. And T. Higgins with a 10-yard reception. Didn't need to contribute much. Which, again, Chase has had his games where he didn't produce. Boyd has had his games where he didn't produce. And T. didn't produce his game. But all that matters, the uh, Burrow got the ball to the players he wanted to get the ball to. And the result was exactly what we wanted it to be which it was, was a fucking win the first playoff win in 31 years dude yeah, it's it's so like it's it's exciting to the point where it's almost hard to like sound excited about it yeah if that makes any sense like it's it's yeah <clears throat> it still has that air of like oh that that happened it, it, yeah it's fucking weird yeah <laughs> like it's a new era where the Bengals. i mean if this is the only playoff win we have which it's not going to be no no it's a complete it this is officially the new era of Cincinnati Bengals football without a doubt. Yes. It's like oh my, like cuz I was so worried that if the Bengals had lost this game, we were going to go right back to square one with being the laughing stock of the league and 
Oh, the Fire Zach Taylor stuff would have been. It's still going on. And he's like one of the favorites for Coach of the Year, and people are still like, I don't want Zach Taylor in town. And also, can we take a minute? Like, how cool was his reaction to winning? Yeah, he's like, this playoff win is for the city. Like, he went out to different bars, like him, Kevin Huber, handful of guys, went out and handed out game balls to different bars at the city. I, I have been to one of the bars on a regular basis. Zach Taylor went to MLT's. Yeah. And a, a friend of mine from high school, I hit her up. I'm like, you know Zach Taylor went to the bar you used to work at, right? And she's like, no fucking shit. Yeah, they went to a handful of places and hand out game balls. And what, what other places did they go to? Because I only saw um, Zach and MLT. I, I know they were down at somewhere on the banks, somewhere. Like, there was like four or five places that different Bengals people went to to hand out game balls. No shit. That fucking rules, dude. It really was. Uh, it, was it was a great response for somebody who's caught a lot of hate. Yeah. And him being like, I, yeah, I don't care about that. Just here's the right thing to do here. Yep. And that's exactly what he did. He gave a game ball. He didn't give a game ball to players. He gave a game ball to, like, guys that were fucking just, like, he gave game balls to, like, you know what I appreciated more than anything? He what? gave game balls to, or he, like, shouted out players that have been in the organization for the while. Like, he shouted out Kevin Huber. He shouted out uh, Darren Simmons. He shouted out Clark Harris. He just shouted out the guys that have been there for years. And have seen a lot of shit. He also gave a game ball to Mike Brown, which yeah. as much as everyone hates him, like, fuck it, he did go out and spend money. You know, he did let yeah. it happen this year as much as he might not have control over whatever. But, yeah, yeah, old ass dude still shows up to every practice and everything. So, I guess yeah. you got to at least give him that. Like, the yeah. players seem to like him. So, yeah. And they seem to lo- they seem to love Zach Taylor. Like, Burroughs, like, Zach Taylor's the guy. <clears throat> yeah, every like, everyone. Yeah, Zach Taylor's guy. Like Jesse Bates, they were talking to him after because like uh, the thing came up about like AJ Green sending everybody like texts and yeah. whatever, and then and then Bates texting Geno Atkins because yeah. Ogan Joby's on like come back to play, and that's just like a fucking rumor that will get Bengals fans excited for like nostalgia purposes, but right. But what I'm saying is like even when they were talking to him, he's like, dude, this is this is the guy. Like we're all yeah. in on coach. Yeah. So. We're all in on everyone. And I can and I love that because it showed like this isn't like a Bengals this isn't a win for the Bengals. It's not just a win for the Bengals. It's a win for the entire city of Cincinnati. Yeah. The city and the organization. And that's who got get game balls and I'm okay with that. And I'm a hundred percent okay with that. And just seeing how excited the players were, but they and then even CJ even the team knew like this isn't the standard. It's not just one playoff win. It's like you can go and you can go to Nashville, beat Tennessee, which, by the way, winnable game. Absolutely, they're opening Vegas odds at three point underdogs on the road. That's basically that, even odds. That is not bad at all. I mean, for most teams, get an extra like a three point shift towards them if it's a home game. So yeah, basically saying Vegas is going. This is fifty fifty. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> I'm excited to see how it turns out, but I just want to get back to the fucking game, dude, because like I was. Um, they put a, a reaction montage on YouTube because of course they did. And like they did for the bills and they did it for Cincinnati as well. And, hey, Pepe. but they did it for Cincinnati for this playoff win. And it was like, there was so much raw emotion. Yeah. Dude, I, I had, I was talking to people at work that looked like they were still like going to tear up the next day talking about it. I almost did. It's fascinating to me, like something that can matter that much, that e- like that it's impact been so long. that wide, that quick. It's crazy. It's not. It's like we've there's been such a stigma around the team for like <sighs> lack of success in the postseason, and now it's just it's the slate has been wiped clean. Yeah, it's a whole new thing, and the Bengals I'm, can now succeed in the postseason. They have the quarterback to do it. They have. Maybe the coach to do it. I don't know. It's. I think the jury's still out on that one. They definitely have the playmakers to do it. They a hundred. They have the receivers to do it. Don't think they have the line to do it. They definitely have the swagger to do it. They for sure do. And like I've said in the past, they play well when they play with swagger. Right. Walking into one of the things I saw this week that made me happy was Tennessee like trying to change the way the ticket stuff works. So there would be yeah. less Bengal fans there because you know every Bengal player is going to read that and go, all right. Yeah. You're scared of us. Yeah, 100%. And not only that, they're scared of fans. Yeah. 
because they're, what was it like they tried to like say you can't do a ticket exchange until like 4 30 the day before or some yeah, shit. something goofy yeah but in, they even said there. I think they the Titans even came out outright, came outright and said like we're trying to limit the amount of visiting fans. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I think Bengals player, players are going to hear that and go, "Oh, all right, they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder." Like you want to be you want to be weird towards us. You want to make things harder for us. All right, I see what you're doing, but that I, I think that only gives them a little bit more of a reason to have that chip. And I want yeah. that chip on the shoulder. I want that. I 100 percent want that chip on their shoulder. Because when the Bengals play with a chip on their shoulder, they play with swagger. And they play like they mean it, and they play like they want to win. Like when the Bengals played against the Jets, there was no chip on their shoulder because no, they, had, they had just come out and stomped the Ravens. Yeah, and then they thought it was a gimme game. They so. played with arrogance and lost. And they played that Browns game. They played it with – and from that Browns game, that first drive, they were playing with arrogance, and they started off – very well, and they got arrogant and burrow through the pick six to Denzel Ward. Yeah, but they played with arrogance that game, and that's not that's not what we need. But that's also the you know that's you know the f- folly of youth. Yes, uh, you know, and and that as it transfers to this kind of situation, like they haven't been there, they haven't done it, they haven't had to keep it together. No, but I loved it. They learn those lessons in places that didn't really count against us too much this year. Yeah, like the um, like in fucking meaningless games that give Bart Scott ammo to talk shit about us, or even in that the last Browns game. Yeah, the one that was um, all of our fucking half of the guys on there were practice squad guys. Oh the, yeah, the weeks uh, the week eight that feels weird to say the week eighteen matchup. Yeah, so it was a bit. Even saw at a certain point when, like, when it started seeming like it was being bullyish on the Brown side, like, even the guys that you've barely ever heard of before are stepping up and going, like, oh, okay. Like, in that game, like, Trenton Irwin stepped up, I think, a bit. Or Trent Taylor stepped up. But also guys just, like, you know, you saw the hits get a little bit worse. You saw, like, everyone had a little bit more grit to how they were playing. Yep. That's what you want to see. Yeah, you 100% want to see that. And you hope that the Bengals, like, they're fully healthy this week. They have Trey Hendrickson. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I uh, know. They don't have Ogan Joby. Yeah, he's – but well, they did sign uh, – uh, some. They signed a guy off the Arizona practice squad. Yeah. Which is – I mean, he's – that's because their line's good enough is the only reason he's on a practice squad. He. I like that. Guy, He's considered a guy that would probably be a starter for most teams. Yeah, I dude, I like that mentality. Yeah, I do too. Like, like, go get the best guy. We'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And they'll, you'll figure out how to fit him in since since Larry's down for the year and fit him in in between Reader and BJ Hill and and BJ Hill said already said move me wherever you got to if this guy is more comfortable here playing here did it whatever put me wherever I can. That's do a it. teammate. Yeah, but that's also just a guy who's confident that. I can do all of these things. Yeah, a hundred percent, dude. Um, but I'm excited to see how it plays out. I mean, it's the big thing is whether or not Derrick Henry comes back. I mean, which it's it, looking like he's coming back. It's almost certain that he is. Yeah, and you got to figure that uh, he's going to be hard to stop because he's e- he's going to be one of two things. He's either going to be completely fresh, or he's going to have rust on him. Well, so he he did his first contact just what yesterday I think, first practice with contact. Sorry, am I boring you? No, no, no. I, I, I just, just fucking just... you in. <laughs> it was just audible. So I've been up it. for twelve hours. It's twelve. Well, I I got up early this morning. <clears throat> okay. Meh. Oh, you mean when I go to work every day? Yeah, it's fine. Very true. <laughs> just mess. It was just You're audible, good. so I addressed it. No, uh, no, like he just did his first contact practice, so I. I hope that he's not as as ready as he could be. That's why I say rusty. Right, I understand that, but also he's not going to be beat up at all. No. So unless he gets out there running and that plate in his foot starts bugging him or whatever, it's going to be it's going to be you know tough slogging through tackling that guy. Yeah, and when they bring Derrick Henry back, they're going to want him to do his normal twenty five to thirty. Um, Carry workload. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot. 
And even if Derrick Henry doesn't play, there's still a run-dominant offense. Yeah, They have sure. Dante Foreman, who's been decent the second half of the year. Yeah, Hilliard, he exists. Yeah, he's there. He's on the team. Yep, he, he's on the team. He wears he puts on he puts his left shoe on his left foot and his right shoe on his right foot. He gave him a helmet and everything. I know. Look at him go. Um Yeah, I mean that offense is like Tannehill is serviceable quarterback, I guess. Yeah, okay. Again, the the offense is Brown, very solid number one receiver. He's kinda he kind of teeters in between that one and two role. Yeah, well, all right, so this is going to be a weird take, but I think Julio Jones hasn't produced this year. No, not at all. But he's carried that receiving core because he's still treated as a threat. Oh, yeah. Game. That is how um, A.J. Green was last year. Yeah. Because he didn't produce, but he but he was still given number one cornerback treatment because that is still Julio Jones. Right. The best wide receiver of the 2010s. Hot take. On the other side. Well, they were pointing out, like, uh, there's, like, a clip thing on YouTube where they show, like, how many times in a game they mentioned that Julio was double covered for like the first like six or seven games or whatever? Yeah, <clears throat> and it's a lot. Yeah, like teams were like, okay, yeah, he hasn't been doing much, but still fucking Julio Jones, so covering. Like, yeah, and then you have to, you know, then you have to worry about fucking AJ Brown, who you can't let be one on one. But I mean, they were for a few games, and then it became like, okay, let's figure out how to cover these guys, and then there just wasn't really anyone there, like. When when teams were more, when teams went heavier with the coverage, yeah, they uh, you know that's when you see the tight ends coming into effect. Yeah, but there's really two receiving threats. Yeah, and then two serviceable tight ends. Yeah, so like with Tennessee, most teams have loaded the box, played yeah. up front, played dirty right there. But whenever they went to coverage and they're like, okay, we're going to get two on Julio and then we're going to have the other safety making sure he's sitting over A.J. Brown, <clears throat> you see the tight ends across the middle the whole game. Yeah. I think we can manage that. That's the thing we had a tough time with for a lot of spots, but Las Vegas tried it and didn't really work. Well, because they have – well, I think the advantage the Bengals have this week is the the Titans don't have very mm. good tight ends. Right, but also, you know, they started doing things like throwing Trey Flowers in to cover people. He's tall enough that... He can cover, like... I'm not saying he can cover A.J. Brown this week. Maybe he can cover, like, a Westbrook Keene, or he can cover... I mean, he can cover a tight end. Yeah. I mean, he... Swaim and Ferks are very coverable tight ends. Yeah, so... Hopefully they stick that kind of idea of basically, like, turning him more into a linebacker. Yeah. I think it worked well. <laughs> I'd like to see more of it. I apologize. I'm very tired today, but nah, it's been it's been a hell of a week. Um, so I want to get back to the Raiders game because again, we're only a half hour in, but we've kind of touched on it a little bit. The moment you knew, like, who'd you watch a game with? Uh, my cousin David came over and Sarah. Nice. And the moment you guys just knew, like, car through the pick to Jermaine Pratt, what was the reaction like? Well, I'm the only one that's like a huge football fan like you know what I mean the yeah. both of them watch football yeah but it, like I'm so more, it clearly meant more to you than it meant to everyone else it, it was them staring at me like they didn't realize that <laughs> sorry Sarah that the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game yeah since I mean, 1991 like they're both Bengals fans and they're excited to see them win but what I'm saying when I say not football like they didn't it, it hasn't been since they were seven that they've watched every game like come on <laughs> or at least I guess not. I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm happy that the Bengals were able to do this. I'm happy that we were able to talk about it. And we're, and we can now roast a divisional opponent and we can like kind of be a part of the excitement. It's fucking great, dude. I'm so stoked for not only the future of excuse me. Not only like the rest of these playoffs, but for the future in general. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it almost feels like the excitement has to be dulled before this game. Like, we're, yeah. I think we burnt up all the excitement that we weren't expecting yeah. to have or not used to having. We're not, I think it's more we're not used to having. Yeah, it. I guess I think it's a better way to say it, too. Um, yeah, like, we're, it, it's been such a weird energy. Like, everyone talking about it this week's like, yeah, almost got that, like, layer in the way they're saying it like even if they lose it's still pretty dope right yeah 
And I'm like, I think they're going to win. And people are like, like, you can see people like get excited. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it, so? like it could actually happen. Yeah. And I think it's, again, like you said, winnable game. Three-point underdogs on the road in the playoff game is nothing. Yeah. So that means Vegas thinks it can happen. It's an afternoon game, Saturday at 4.30. We hope to see Bengals fans there for it. They're exciting times. Oh, man. I mean, I personally know like seven people that are going. I am not going. I'm not either. Yeah. You haven't been to a game at all this year. No. I have blown all my money this year, so I'm going to. Just kick it in Cincinnati. <coughs> try to maybe find a bar to watch it at. You always welcome here. Oh, I like that. Um, it'll be exciting, man, because again, the first time the Bengals have played a divisional playoff game since 1991. Yeah. Where we we get to play the team, we get to play our previous playoff win before this. And if you think about it, we get to go like we get to see the number one. They're going against the number one seed. The number one seed. This is a. This is. The biggest, I mean, obviously, every game from this point forward in the playoffs is the biggest game the Bengals have played in this century. Yeah. But biggest game, this is the opportunity to really make a statement. Because in a way, the the, the Raiders were like really just downtrodden after this year, after they lost Henry Ruggs, after they lost John Gruden, after they... Um, they were almost playing better after all that. Yeah, because Basachi is a hell of a coach. Yeah, I mean, again, we make fun of him and all that, but props to that dude. You know, like you said, he like handwritten letters. To I everybody. did see that. That's I did nuts. think it was kind of a photo op in his hotel room. <clears throat> um, apparently, he he did say something about like he didn't really care for that story being run or something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a solid person. Yeah, I think I think that someone that was with him because I don't think you get to just be by yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I, like he made a comment on it on one of the outlets that released that, where he's like, "Cool, thanks, guys." Like, kind of that kind of yeah, just like it. this is this is supposed to be a private thing. Yeah, this was just supposed to be what I do, which uh, yeah. apparently he's done it before, like when he was coaching other places, even not as a head coach, he's done that. He's kinda. a solid dude. So yeah, he's got weird eyes and a stupid <laughs> and a last we- name and, and a weird goatee. Yeah, and his creepy goatee. We'll get to weird goatees here in a little bit. But no, seriously, props to Rich Basaccia and honestly, props to Derek Carr too. Yeah, I people mean, were saying fuck Derek Carr or like uh, in the Raiders organization, organization like fuck Derek Carr, cut Carr. I'm like, do you really see we had to throw to this year? Yeah, I mean, they literally were, like I saw a bunch of like memes that were going around like end of end of, or uh, this is the end of the end of the ride for car or something yeah it was something dumb like like all of them were dumb punny bullshit like oh this is the end of the ride for car let's turn this rental car back in for something like it was all they were all dumb i don't don't think people realize how long Derek carr has been the raiders quarterback or he's been there for eight years he's been good he's been very good he's done everything they've right (laughs) yeah was there before him uh oh that's a really good question palmer what no, Palmer was uh, eleven and twelve. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. I think I know it was Palmer in eleven and twelve. Let's see who thirteen was. Was it Jason? It wasn't Jason Campbell, was it? It might have been. Uh, let's see. It was Terrell. Oh my God! Here's some names for you. Terrell Pryor, Terrell Pryor Matt McGloin, and Matt Flynn. Oh Jesus! I forgot about all of them. I Matt Flynn was the guy who had that one game in 2011 that earned him a crazy contract in Seattle, uh, and he was the starter right before Russell Wilson became the starter. Or he was the number one before Russell Wilson became the starter. Right. No, I'm like I remember him now. I'm just saying like. If you'd asked me, like, I, I would have taken me a minute to remember who Matt Flynn was. Yeah. Dude, there was a tweet that came out about Matt Flynn where someone heckled tweeted him where he's like, hey, you remember when the Seahawks paid you all that money? And his response was, hell yes, that was awesome. Uh, nah, dude, that ruled. But, again, props to Derek Carr for being great. And props to the Raiders for on- – the Raiders deserve a round of applause. 
Just clap it up for the Raiders. Also, a team that's had a rough, a rough year and managed pretty fun to make the playoffs in the last week of the season. Imagine if that if that had been the Chargers the Bengals were playing, who stomped us. Yeah, I'm glad it was the Raiders. Yes, I am very glad it was the Raiders too. But uh, yeah, I mean, to, to the point you're making, they did pretty good through a lot of weird shit. Yep. They did, yeah, a hundred percent through a lot of weird shit. Also, shout out to the Bills for like, <clears throat> the, like, was it the first ever perfect game in the NFL? No, but I think it was the first. It might have been playoff. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, like every single drive they had was a touchdown. It was absurd to watch. Yeah, and it was so nice to watch Mac Jones get his ass beat. Why? He's like a good kid. Yeah. I don't. I like the Patriots. Like that's like my uh, Patriots and Falcons are always like my other teams that I like. If Bengals aren't, and man, so. that that twenty eight to three game must have been a weird one for you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm watching it, but I think I like the Patriots because people love to hate them. Yeah, and I like the Falcons because when I was little, I lived in Alabama. Yeah, and we had, that was the closest team geographically. So even now where I'm like, I don't have a real reason to care. Like, I still, like, if I'm watching a game, I want them to win. Like, you yeah. know I mean? It's just, like, in your head that, like, oh, all right. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I always have a hard time, like, when people shit on the Patriots because they've been shit on for so many stupid fucking reasons. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those they hate us because they ain't us kind of things. Dude, I, like, I'll never, if you're one of those people out there that thinks that the whole deflate gate thing mattered at all. You clearly didn't pay attention when it was happening because there was like four or five interviews that have been scrubbed from everything of other quarterbacks being like, yeah, everyone does that. <laughs> and it became a big deal. And everybody's like, oh, like, no, if you go back and look, no quarterback said shit because most of the ones they interviewed up front, like, you know, like even Aaron Rodgers. Oh, how do you feel about this? Yeah, everybody does that. <laughs> like that was the response they got from a handful of quarterbacks. And then they're like. But now that a that's guy okay. as big as Tom Brady did it. Well, like, but it was also like the reporter like covering his mic, like, that's not okay. <laughs> and like, like, I feel like you feel like half of the quarterbacks learned in that moment that that wasn't allowed. Yeah. It was like, I'm sorry, what? A couple of like commentators were like, oh, I think Phil Sims even did it, which fuck that guy. But anyway, but yeah, yeah even he was like, yeah, we all did that. Yeah. And then a week later, he's on there like, oh, he's a fucking devil. Someone should kill his children. Like, you know what I mean? Like Phil Sims does. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like uh, I hate to make a baseball comparison. But it's like Stein, it's like sign stealing in baseball. Like mm-hmm. everyone does it. Oh, I mean, there's been a bunch of that stuff that, oh, they're filming the other teams. Yeah. But look how many other times. Look, I mean, just just do a quick Google. How many other teams had got fined for that in the past? Well, there's also film studies in the NFL. Well, right. Teams but watch film. What I'm saying is even like the, the ones setting up like in the other, like renting out boxes on the other side of the fucking field to have camera crews shooting it for them. Yeah. A bunch of teams did it all the time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is a big deal because of them. Well, it's because they won a lot. Yeah. And everyone likes a reason to hate somebody that wins a lot. Yeah. It's why the whole it's why the Astros won the World Series and then the whole trash thing. It's like, oh my god, people have been doing this for years and every team does it. I don't know what we're talking about, but the Astros sign stealing thing when they won a World Series. Oh, okay. I it was it was a wild thing. Yeah, I, I mean stuff like that's ridiculous to me that but whatever. Yeah. I mean, is Belichick is Belichick can do every fucking thing he can to win? Sure he is. That's what yeah. makes that guy. Yeah. But that's also exactly what you want. In a coach. Guy. He just took a rookie quarterback to the playoffs. Yeah. With not a very good receiver core. With, with not a very good team. Yeah. I mean, either side. The defense is pretty good. I'm saying either side has a lot of, like, exploitable holes. Yes. Defense was clearly better than the offense, but definitely exploitable. Like, you saw def- teams definitely were like, oh, if you just do this. Yeah. And they still made the playoffs with – I mean, the beginnings of a rebuilding team. So, yeah, hate as much as you want, but they're good at what they do. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dude. Um, so, we don't have any reads this week, but we are about to talk about the Titans. So, I'd like to shout out our 
uh, our parent network sports drink. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys. Shout out Andrew Stevens for giving us a platform to talk. And Thank you, little hand Stevens. <laughs> he, uh, he is uh, a very tall man. I know, but you have bigger hands. I do have bigger hands than Andrew Stevens. So he is little hand Stevens. From he is little hand Stevens. Uh, we were in, uh, Cincinnati during the Bengals Browns game week 18 and there was a six, eight clearance thing like an intro garage and he's six, eight. So we had him go up to it and his head was hitting it. I have an old picture of my friend, Chris, uh, where his eyes are above one of those. And oh, no uh, shit. He's seven, two. <laughs> That's nine inches taller than me at my tallest. Oh my God. Isn't your tallest now? No. Really? I've shrunk from my back surgery and my hip surgery. Ow. Yeah. I used to be like six, five and change. Now I'm like six, four. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, nah, Andrew Stevens rules. Check out Sports Drink. There's so many podcasts on that network. There's, if you're not a fan of the Bengals, there's, I think, there is a What's Up uh, Falcons podcast, I believe. There's, I think, Sorry We Love the NFL. I've listened to that a few times. It's a good podcast. They're good dudes. Um, any sports team you can think of, there's a new Nasty Boys. They're on the Sports Drink Network. Yeah. So just, you know, check those guys out. They check those check. guys out. They let little idiots like us have our say. Have our say and our fun time and. Our flustered talk every now and then. We talk about bullshit. But speaking of bullshit, you know who we're about to take down real hard? Damn. Right. Fuck those guys. I gotta pull up the reeds. Um, but yeah, dude, let's get to those Tennessee Titans. Fuck the Titans. Starting with the mascot T Rack. What do you have? I had to T Rack the shit out of my brain to understand why they have a <laughs> raccoon as a mascot. I and, found it out until I figured out that no one in Tennessee knows what a Titan is. <laughs> <laughs> or remember? Yeah, I did look this up. Tennessee's mascot is a raccoon because the raccoon is the Tennessee state animal. <clears throat> that tracks. All right. <laughs> which is uh, which is way different from my thought that the Tennessee state animal was a golden retriever wrapped inside a Confederate flag. <laughs> All right. Uh, T-Rack is also the first. T-Rack is the first name a white kid gives himself right after he tells his mom he wants to be a rapper. <laughs> I'm T-Rack in the his house. Isn't T-Rack Tom Hanks' youngest son? I don't know. No, that's, for anyone who knows, he's a terrible rapper. <laughs> Uh, owner Amy Adams Strunk. Oh, you mean Christina Farley? <laughs> <laughs> Amy Adams Strunk looks like looks like a woman who sends nudes to Joel Osteen. <laughs> she spends her spare time fox hunting, but has the vibe of somebody who should have been in Foxcatcher. Yes, a hundred percent. On the spot. So, um. You will remember this guy, Steve Underwood. He is their president. You, are you ready for this? Yep. Oh, gee. Yeah. That's <laughs> fuck. I somehow skipped this. and I'm <laughs> Steve uh, Underwood. Looks like Confederate Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Confederate Colonel Sanders. He looks like his hair is the twelfth spice in KFC. <laughs> he uh, has a really crazy mustache. Yeah, it goes well into his his beard. <laughs> it's it's upsetting to look at. Steve Underwood is the president of the Tennessee Titans and Bosley for mouths. <laughs> He's a man who can no longer eat pie. Steve, Steve Underwood looks like when he was when he cursed as a kid, his mom washed his mouth out with shampoo. It looks like he grew that thing to filter out when he eats out his wife. <laughs> uh, the GM John Robinson it looks like Poindexter Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like if Steve Renazizi really was in the building during 9-11. <laughs> he looks like if Michael Buble wrote songs about Veterans Day instead of Christmas. <laughs> I like it. And he looks like if James Corden filmed carpool karaoke in a pickup truck. <laughs> and he looks like Robin Thicker. Something fell down. Yeah. Uh, that was... What was that? It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Because we're going to get to the head coach. Coaching. Mike 
Brable. Oh, poor little rich kid. Uh, so as a shit bag, Mikey was arrested for stealing eight beers from an Indian casino in 2011. Oh, as, boy. As a coach, he took a real hard L to the Chiefs in the 2019 AFC Championship game, proving how much the tribes really, really want revenge on a Patriot. <laughs> that's right. He was a Patriot. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. A couple of them. Uh, that's right. Uh, Mike Vrabel was also a Steeler for four years. Okay. Actually, I'm going to tell this joke first. Um, Mike Vrabel said he'd cut his penis off to win a Super Bowl. And his wife said, go Titans. (laughs) Uh, This might be a reach. Winning a Super Bowl without a penis is all a part of Rabel's effort to put the chick in Belichick. (laughs) That's a bit, but all right. I I mean, I like what you did. Bit of a stretch. Uh, Mike Vrabel was a Steeler for four years, a team where it should now be legally required to cut off your penis before you join. (laughs) He was a stealer for four years, and then once again in 2011, we stole eight beers from this Indian casino. <laughs> and sexually assaulted a woman in a bathroom. 2008 and 2009, once in Lake Tahoe, once in a bar near his house. That was fun. Quarterback. Oh, God damn it. Ryan Tannehill. <sighs> Ryan Tannehill signs Colossians 323 along with his name when signing autographs. Oh, my God. I couldn't hate you more. <laughs> Odd behavior for a guy who doesn't have a prayer of ever of ever being seen as a decent quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> also doesn't have a prayer. This Saturday, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Titans thinking Ryan is a franchise quarterback is a real weird Tannehill to die on. <laughs> All right. With his looks and current job, he looks like his nickname should be Daniel Toss. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And his backup, Logan Woodside, the guy who got arrested in the UDF parking lot in Bellevue, Kentucky. Yeah. He looks like if you morphed every heroin dealer ever into one person. Stealing a joke I used before, he looks like Line Cook Mayfield. Yes, I like it. Running back. Derrick Henry. Oh, shit, Nick. Oh, yeah. Uh... Derek King Henry, he's going to have to drop that nickname. Once you see how much he looks like the court jester slash fool after buying the dumbest looking and most ridiculous necklace I've ever seen in my life. He gets so much jewelry. It's the Heisman logo with 100 carats of VS1 diamonds and over a half a kilo of gold. It's insane. And it looks so stupid. It yeah, hundred percent. He did it like he did it to like honor his football career or something. Well, all right. So, odd fact: he went to the same high school Lily graduated from. Really, Yuli High School in Florida. No shit. Yep. Nice. So did she say anything the, about him? No, but he was. It was way before she was over there. Yeah. So, but like the Y chain, the Y part of his chain is for Yuli. Okay. I mean, it's also just the only way you can have that heavy of a thing on the end of a chain is to have a Y chain. Yeah. But I like that he at least quote-unquote thought it through to um speaking of dude loves jewelry he loves jewelry uh, his twenty thousand dollar nose ring <laughs> he got a he got an eighty five thousand dollar chain to honor kobe bryant which pales in comparison to the jewelry i got to honor kobe bryant which was a diamond encrusted do not disturb sign from a hotel <laughs> Mine was just a mine wasn't even diamond encrusted. It's just a note to myself like saying stay out of helicopters. <laughs> too soon, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant on my well, too soon on my part too. His backup, Dante Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Uh Deontay Foreman. <clears throat> He's known as a poor man's Derrick Henry. Instead of king, you know, instead of being the king, he is a foreman of a job site at best. <laughs> However, he is clearly trying to fix that problem for his children because his daughter is named Nike and his son is named Master. Are you fucking me? Nope. Oh my God, Master Foreman, get over here, assistant. Oh, what's your name? Nike. Um. What? Dante Foreman looks like if Marshawn Lynch had the personality of all the Skittles he ate. <laughs> all right. And Dontrell Hilliard. 
Uh, Dontrell Hilliard is known as a return specialist, primarily because he's bound to return to the to the Titans practice squad. <laughs> I uh, I forgot he existed and didn't write anything for him. Um, I'm going to pay homage to one of my favorites, Greg Giraldo. Man, the Browns, the Texans, the Titans. Dontrell Hilliard has been on more turds than Derrick Henry's helmet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wide receiver. A. J. Brown. So I got kind of sidetracked when I was looking at him, uh, but he did say this week that <clears throat> Titans going to win. Bet on that. This from the guy who earlier this year said, I'll bet every game check this year on Elijah Moore winning offensive rookie of the year. Seeing as how EJ isn't even in the top 10 discussion, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> AJ Brown looks like if Antonio Brown didn't have the arm strength to throw his equipment into the stands. <laughs> you know, his name is Arthur Juan. Yes, I did know that. It's weird. Yes. All right. Lloyd, who, who's this next fella? I, I've heard his name before. Oh, 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 Kevin. Julio Jones, JJ? Julio Jones. In almost every picture you can find of him, he looks like he's Lamaze breathing. <laughs> it's either the face or the face in almost every one. It's Which nuts. makes sense because he spends nine months every year carrying the receiving core. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a throwback burn for Julio Jones. Julio Jones calls himself Jet, which does not make sense because if he really was a Jet, he would have retired five years ago and he'd have three DUIs on his record. <laughs> All right. And Nick Westbrook Akeem. <clears throat> All right. So work with me on. He looks like a backup dancer for a boy band. <laughs> like he's physically in shape enough to be there, but he has that weird face. So he's like the kind of guy that works at Abercrombie, but like in the back. He has that. He has that face. We saw him in the ooh ooh. Yeah, like you just want him like out of focus. Yes, Nick Westbrook Akeen has the fantasy football productivity of a guy whose owner is about to be forced to do stand-up comedy as punishment. <laughs> nice. And I love this name so much. Oh yeah, Racy McMath. I played that game when I was little. It was like the one with the car where you had to solve the math problems. Dude, Turbo Math. Yeah. Oh, I loved that oh, game. I thought it was called Racy McMath. My bad. Um, Racy McMath sounds like a political cartoon character that illustrates the evils of capitalism. I mean, I would have went with critical race theory there. but <laughs> Critical Racy McMath theory? Yeah, I like it. Tight end. Mr. Jeff Swaim. He looks like Andrew down on his luck. <laughs> kind of playing along with you there. Jeff Swain looks like the step before Andrew Luck on the human evolution chart. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we both went the same way with that. Yes, we did. I noticed <clears throat> Andrew Luck, too. Yep. Has that, has that big, dumb face. He has a really just like, he has Andrew Luck caveman face. Yep. It's like, Andrew Luck, good. Try safe. Don't rape. <laughs> <laughs> just shout out to Chad Daniels yep. for being the best. And I'm going to end on a joke that I've had in my head for a fucking year. And I want to get it out of the earth before I go crazy. Swing. Anthony Ferkser. What does Anthony do if he wants to get a girl pregnant? He ferks her. He ferks her. God, it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but I love I love so much. I love so much that that's been living in your head for that long. I, I would have forgotten that five seconds after I thought it. But God damn it, Alex, I love that that lived in your head for that long. So I, long. I love it so Even much. Even Sarah's laughing over there. What does Anthony do if he wants to get a girl pregnant? He, he ferks her. her. That's beautiful. That is. That is. Oh, my God. Ah. Uh, that almost makes me not want to win another game, so this is the last thing for this whole year. <laughs> Same thing with Carl Nassib last yep. week. It's like, let's end a, let's end the season on the dumbest burn I've ever written. Oh. How does Anthony get a girl pregnant? He ferks her. That's fantastic. <laughs> I loved it so much. But speaking of bullshit, let's move on to some predictions and bullshit. Predictions and bullshit. All right, uh, my prediction, uh, real prediction, I'm going to say Bengals pull it out 
Bold prediction is that Jermaine Pratt intercepts Derrick Henry and re-breaks both of his feet. Oh, I like that prediction. Uh, my prediction, Bengals 622, Titans 4. All right. Player of the game is going to be Joe Burr. With... You get to either pick Joe Shiesty or Joe Burr. You don't get to do both. Yes, I do. The, the, the fucking, the, that guy did. I know, but that's what I'm saying. If you're using the name someone else came up with, pick one or the other. I'll do Joe Shiesty. All right. I'll say Joe Burr in, 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 in private. Yes, in private, like I have been doing. With lotion the, and tissues. Like I have been doing for the past two months. <laughs> um, Joe Burr. He Joe Burr all over the place again. His Joe Burr droppings are everywhere. Um, no, Pepe, Pepe disapproves. Look at the way she just looked at me. Pepe's like, no. And typical sirens in Northside during a <laughs> podcast. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah, you can't go without him. Uh, Joe Shiesty is gonna be my player of the game. He's gonna go. Shut up. Um, he's going to go. Uh, one hundred twenty-two for one hundred twenty-seven. Twenty touchdowns. Five interceptions. Two face mask penalties. <clears throat> Bold prediction. Fog. <laughs> All right. Tennessee predicting fog. Oh, yeah. Very it's bold. A, Very bold. I mean, and here, even bolder prediction. <clears throat> All the fog comes from Kid Rock's bar. <laughs> God damn it. I have been in Kid Rock's bar before. All right. Look. We discussed this last time. Yes, we did. You understand how much space that dude's taking up in my head. <laughs> I can't I can't turn on YouTube without watching that fucking video. Okay, so someone Kid Rock's the I mean, I don't know what to think of him. Um, as little as possible. Yes. Someone had a great take that I want to read um about that song. Um no, give your takes on that song while I look for it. <laughs> All right, so I was I was telling different people uh, how much I've watched that, and someone just t- like turned me on to the fact that apparently Sai uh, and Chad Daniels talk about that song on their. <laughs> <clears throat> so I have to find out which podcast that was to go back and listen to it. Okay, but I'm so excited that like this thing that has fascinated me to the point that I've watched it so many fucking times <laughs> that like those two brains are like, all right, this is a real piece of shit needs to be discussed. I'm, yes. I'm super thrilled to hear whatever it is. They, so I, I'm a, I found it. I'm going to shout out one of my favorite Facebook groups to gent shit posting. <clears throat> it, they talk about angsty music, but they're, they also play to my mentality that metal is the genre of music with the funniest people. Yeah. And someone had, they nailed it. He said, don't tell me how to steal black culture, then turn around and be a far-right, anti-BLM, Confederate flag-waving, boot-licking bigot. Yep. Yeah. That fucking nails it. Oh, my God. When I was watching it, I, I was given the, it's the code switching for me. It, yeah. Like, you're 51. Stop. Stop all of the Fuck things you Fuck all you, you hoes. You're middle-aged. <sighs> Talking Shut all that up. bullshit. Dude, no one knew you were still alive. <laughs> No one's been talking all that bullshit. No one knew you still. He's. No one's thought about you in 20 years. He's like if Takashi 69 for sure couldn't say the N word. <laughs> but instead does. of only kind of says it. But for sure. Or, does. It's only kind of OK, because that <laughs> Takashi 69 is a weird dude to me because he's Puerto Rican, but he just says the N word. So, so does Luis J. Gomez and you've said you like him. So, yeah, true. I mean, he was my fir- the first feature I ever I, worked I know, with. I know, I know. But, because, <laughs> like, we all got together as a society. And when someone asked, can Takashi 69 say the N-word? We all got together as a society and said, I guess. Oh, I, I said, who? <laughs> <sighs> like, he has a music video. The first song I heard of his was called Gummo. And like the, the movie. <laughs> No, I watched the music video. It is laughable. You ever seen the movie Gummo? No. Oh, okay. No, it's 6'9". He's wild, dude. But 
fuck him because he sucks real yeah, bad. For sure. And so does Kid Rock. Yeah. But I watched that music video once and I was like, you know what? That's enough for me. I wish that was what happened, but I can't stop. And <laughs> if you had told me like a year, like when that song came out, if you had told me that the first place I would have ever heard that song was a suburban Ohio Buffalo Wild Wings, I would have totally <laughs> believed you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's exactly where it was. First time I heard that song in public. I uh, I don't know when I would have heard it, but Weird Al tweeted it out like, yeah, just so you guys are aware, that's not me. That is actually Kid Rock doing <laughs> that video. Because so Weird Al doesn't curse in his songs. Right. So I immediately went and watched it. And it. It is ridiculous enough that it seems almost like a parody of itself. Yeah. I don't care how you are, who you are. If the theme of your song is I don't give a fuck, but you have, I don't know, 14 costume changes, <laughs> it kind of crushes your credibility a little bit. Yeah. And Weird Al's a guy who has like 14 concert or uh, costume changes during his concerts. Right, but... It looks clownish the whole way through. Oh, a hundred percent. So we're n- we're done plugging Kid Rock here yeah, because fuck, fuck Kid it. Rock. And by and, that I mean Monster put out Trump. ten more albums just like this. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see ten more of these videos. <laughs> but let's get to some plugs. Lloyd, as always, listen to the Bastard Sermon. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of fun lately on Bastard Sermon. We're gonna have uh, you guys are gonna have Billy Devore on pretty soon. Yeah, he's uh, he's gonna be there. We got a. Uh, We've got a new computer coming, so we'll be able to put videos into the oh. live stream video stuff, which might oh. actually bleed over to this podcast a little. Nah. Oh. So, uh, yeah, we got we got some cool stuff happening. And uh, other than that, I'll let you take it away with your Wiley's date. And- yeah, dude. Uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, a little bit during the Bengals game, I will be at Wiley's Comedy Joint opening for Hot Dog and Kaboom, Dave Waite. I just found that out last week. I just saw it today. Thank you. And I just posted it today. That'll be fun. Um, also, uh, tune in this off season. We're not, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying we're done with fuck you for the season because I hope not. Yeah. But this off season, we're going to line up some guests. I already have one confirmed. Do some fun stuffs. Yep. I already have one guest confirmed. Lloyd, would you like to know who that guest would be? Um, on pins and needles. Host of Locked On Bengals, Jake Lisko. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'm very <clears throat> Seems excited. Like a very knowledgeable dude. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to get Rapine back on and Malik Wright back on, and it's gonna be the best. I like it. I'm excited. But for now, Lloyd. With all that being said, uh, let me exit full screen here real quick because Lloyd, I think we only have one thing left to say. Fuck you, Tennessee Titans. We like the Bengals. Wow, man. Fuck you. We like the Bengals.